Huh. We could have sound effects and just make an artificial bell or something. Oh, I really want sound effects. I really want uh, suspense accents. Oh, my gosh. Or just a random garage sound effect that everyone knows, garage band sound effect. Yeah, uh, the incomparable uses uh, in, uh, incomparable sound effects. The incomparable uses uh, GarageBand sound effects for uh, transitions and things like that. So when I was editing uh, one of my own episodes of ADR a few months ago, I was like, "Oh wait, oh my god, this is what the incomparable uses. That's awesome." And then all these suspense accents are in uh, are in GarageBand. It's always funny, like when you hear like I've seen it sometimes where because I've played with GarageBand ever since I got my Mac, and sometimes I'll even be watching like a movie commercial or like some online kind of professional level production or something and i hear a garage band sound effect and it's like it's like hearing a wilhelm scream and something it just kind of like pulls you out just like what the heck <laughs> i'm glad you know what a wilhelm scream is kyle i'm not i'm not that dense about movies as as i've contrary to what i've led everyone to believe i know what a wilhelm I mean, scream is it's put, I mean, we could just put one in right here yeah, that's true. We could, but I'm probably not going to because uh, that sounds like way more work than this little bit is worth. Um, although you're pretty good with movies, uh, we should announce now on this podcast that you'll be coming on ADR for Big Hero 6 at some point. Yeah, definitely. I want to, because we could just have a whole discussion just about the movie rather than... Have it as a segment on this. Yeah, rather than having it yeah as a five-minute segment where we rant about it. But yeah, I think that'd be awesome. Yeah, no, I... I watched it the other day. I am in love with this movie already. Like, it's it blew my mind. I love it. I watched it a second time, actually, because I bought that one on iTunes, just mm-hmm. straight up. And um, I actually watched it over the weekend with my parents because I, I loved it so much. And I, I knew they would like it because it's Disney, so... Yeah, um, speaking of parents and movies, uh, my mom hates Disney, so I'm finally trying to bring her around with Frozen. Uh, I'll show her Big Hero 6. She liked Maleficent for some reason, which surprised me. Um, oh my God. Uh, but I showed my family Birdman while I was home uh, over the weekend uh, for my mom's birthday, and they liked it. My dad didn't like it nearly as much as I'd hoped. Um, but yeah, that's, that's actually why there was no, uh, no episode this week, because I was home, and then you were away doing something really cool. Yeah, so last week I had the <laughs> good transition. Sorry, um, <laughs> can't take myself seriously. Um, so last week we kind of skipped just because we were both so busy and ended up going out of town. But um, last Tuesday and Thursday, I got to drive 110 miles north and visit the, um, Orbital ATK, which is basically a government rocket creation facility. Orbital also does um, government missile defense systems. Uh, <laughs> And because NASA was having a rocket test up there. And so Tuesday, we got to tour like the whole thing where they don't even let press in usually. Um, There was a press team there too. And we couldn't take pictures, but it was like how they mix the rocket propellant and how they make the fuel and how they make the actual rocket casings and all that kind of stuff. And then on Wednesday, we got to see an actual rocket test where they have these huge rockets. I, I don't have the stats of how big they are in front of me right now, but they're these huge rockets that are going to go on the um, NASA space launch system and take us to Mars in 2018. Um, And they just strap it to the ground with huge concrete sinks in the ground and a big concrete wall and light it off to test things like the orientation of the rocket or how much force it's putting out and making sure the casing doesn't give out and all that kind of stuff. So it was pretty incredible because it was, it was called the NASA social. And so I basically got accepted to it because I tweet a lot. Wait, seriously? Yeah, seriously. Like, they, they had 500 applicants to the NASA Social. They chose 45. 
and they individually went through everyone's like social profiles that you had to submit when you um, signed up to go there, and they chose us from that. That's amazing. Us? Uh, you went with your girlfriend? No, no. Like chose all the social media people. You couldn't bring any people. Oh, okay. Because I saw you hanging out with someone uh, in the selfies <laughs> you sent and in the uh, really cool video you were a part of, which. Um, uh, yeah, so you texted me like, Brian, I'm on TV. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. So I streamed it, and I got a bunch of screenshots of uh, you sitting there in a NASA press conference with your goofy hat and your glasses. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't goofy. Yeah. Well, I didn't really – that was like the <laughs> media Q&A where we were supposed to think of questions, and, of course, I thought of a good question like two hours later. But I ended up asking it to um, some astronauts the next day because there was a few astronauts, namely Stanley Love and – Brian Duffy, I think. I think he was one of them. But there was a couple of astronauts that were there, like, at the launch and the day before, and they talked to us, like, for a long time about just different space stuff and, like, what they would be doing on Mars. Like, when they send astronauts to Mars, they want to do it for actual research purposes because an astronaut can do in one minute what it takes the rover, like, a whole day to do. And so it's, like, kind of stuff like that. But, yeah, it was pretty... It was... It was... It was kind of just a once-in-a-lifetime thing because, again, we were the social media team, so it's usually a lot of younger people or people that didn't really have media credentials, and but we got to go. And we were even front-row seats to the actual rocket launch where we were only a mile away, and we were ahead of all the press people. Like, there's p- people with fancy news cameras that we were ahead of, and then a whole bunch of just other people that were attending for the huge launch on the second day. And we got to see it um, in first person. And I have a few videos of that. And I think I'll, I'll link to, I'll upload one to YouTube and put it in the show notes, but also just link to the actual rocket launch and put that in the show notes just to show like um, what I saw during the launch. Edit point. No, I'm really amazed that like when you uh, announced that you were going to this, I had no idea that um, like you were as into space stuff as you are because when, um, like, I I would not peg you as a guy that's really into, like, NASA and space and all that kind of stuff, which is awesome. Like, I'm glad you are. But, like, following you on Twitter and talking to you like this, I honestly had no idea that you were this into NASA that you would want to go to uh, hang out at this press event with them. That's really, really cool. I'm glad you were able to go. Yeah, I mean, I don't really share it too much, but, I mean, I'll live tweet, like, I live tweeted the little filet comment landing thing a while back or the Orion test, and I'm sure I could probably get, like, a little more involved or something or become more of a fan per se but space has always been something for me um that that has just been so it's so interesting and so confusing at the same time that it's just something cool and i just think to see a rocket test like that where i actually found out my um father-in-law my my sister's father-in-law um he used to work at that same center up in utah up in northern utah so it was kind of cool to just uh see all these people that I know that worked there and then just kind of experience something like that where it's this huge rocket that you see a mile away and feel a shockwave and you just have to tweet about it and that's why you're there. So it, it was awesome. Like, I wish I could go to more of these if they were, like, in Utah, but it was, this, it was seriously awesome. Yeah, how long so was many. the drive out there? So on Tuesday and Wednesday, because you have to be there by 7, on Tuesday and Wednesday I got up at 4 a.m., started driving at 4:30 and got there at like 6:45. So like a 2 an hour 2 hour drive. It was it was pretty far cuz it's 110 miles north of me. So 
yeah. Is that a little... far? Because I don't know how geography works. Two hours, 100 to 10 miles, yeah, that's pretty far. Cause... <laughs> See, I think we talked about this on the um, older episode that um, you know, once you get out west, people started to not care about like how big the states are. And it's like mm-hmm. when you uh, – a long drive for us here in the uh, east coast is 45 minutes. And anything more than that, my dad's like, no, it's not worth it to drive out there for anything less than you know visiting me in college or something like that. But um, I don't know. It's – um. It's weird because, you know, two and a half hours for this really cool thing that you did was, like, I, I don't know. I didn't have a point to that. I just think it's really weird that, like, states are so big out there. Uh, no, so it, when you went to see the um, when you went to see the Rockets, did they mm-hmm. uh, did they light them up, up, up? Were they, they were on, on fire? fire? They were on fire. <laughs> I also, yes, I also, just part of my vacation over the last weekend, I kind of, um, I flew down to visit some friends in Arizona, and then we all went to a music festival that included Fall Out Boy. So that was, that was where I was last night, and then I got up at 4 a.m. today and flew up to Utah. Wow, that that sounds worth it. <laughs> <laughs> it was very much worth it. Um, uh, what was um, uh, who else was there? There was Echo Smith. Um, New Politics was there. Bleachers uh-huh. was there an earlier day, but I didn't get to see him. And then this band, uh, I forget what it was called, but we recognized like one of their songs that was a hit single, and that's what that was it. Like they, it was their last song, and they were like. Oh, that's who they are. But um, real-time follow-up, I pulled up a thing to kind of reference how far I drove those days. <laughs> Is that thing a map? Yes. So, you know, <laughs> so, yes. So from Boston, Massachusetts to New York City, if you drive a certain way, is 230 miles. That's how far I drove in one day because going up and then coming back. See, I made that drive um, Saturday night, which is why. This is why I was on um, Dan Sturm's Meerkat um, while he was editing Defocused. I was, um, when I visit home, what I do is I take a bus from Boston to Manhattan and then the local train back into New Jersey where I'm from. And So, like, how long did that bus ride take? Uh, the bus ride was four and a half hours, which is something that ugh, I used to be able to take it much more in stride than I do now just because for some reason now I'm like, ugh. Uh, this is not fun. When before I was like, yeah, I'll just load up a podcast and probably doze off. And uh, before I know it, I'll be back in Boston. But so no, that's I just how, can't that's do it. that's how much I drove in one day, and then I did that twice. Uh, so so that's how far it was. I mean, because I mean, I didn't realize how far it actually was because I'm like, oh, it's just north of Salt Lake. That's like 30 miles, and then like <laughs> 110 miles because it's literally in the middle of nowhere. Because if they fire that rocket anywhere near houses, it will shatter windows or do any testing or if like something goes wrong like one of the things that they showed us a lot was when they mix the propellant they do it all remotely like they put the ingredients together and then they mix it like in a bunker like way across the base or whatever because if it explodes it they have like things in place to make it explode a certain way just in case and you can't have like any matches or any spark because any spark like no matter what the heat will light up that propellant and there's like so much in every little thing they do that it's just it's it's kind of crazy I was really tempted to make another light em up joke, but I decided not to because this is great podcast. <laughs> it's gonna be the Kyle Kyle loves Fall Out Boy and everyone's sick of it. Yeah, well, no, it's not like people aren't sick of it. I'm oh, I yeah. I am bad with like things that I'm obsessed with when it comes to stuff that like I try to um 
So if something like becomes big in my life, I like delve really, really deeply into it. Um, like the other day, I binged all of CGP Cray's videos. That's another topic for later. But like I, um, I watched all of his videos. He he's really, really cool. And I went back to the really old ones. I was like, wow. Oh, this is how you made your videos back then. This is how they look now. Oh, big, big change. Um, mm -hmm. uh, that's how I go with like directors, uh, artists, uh, music musicians. Uh, you know, internet comics, web comics are great for this because there's probably like a huge, massive archive of um, of uh, people out there to you know to read. As soon like if as soon as you discover it, there's bound to be a massive back catalog. Like with uh, XKCD, I just forget about um, I forget about um, uh, I, I, words. I forget about the website for a few months and then go back and read like a hundred new uh, new comics. And it's like, yes, this is awesome. I love it. Um, uh, so I can get really annoying with things that, you know, I tweet about or talk to people about. Like, everyone, uh, when Relay started, everyone was sick of me ra raving about how much I love Analog and uh, <laughs> and Upgrade and uh, ATP. Because, fun fact, if uh, a guitar ever comes out um, or I'm ever, like, jamming on the guitar or something and people is around, I usually play the ATP theme song. <laughs> so people oh. are like, oh, God. Oh, my gosh, Brian. That's, <laughs> that is a level of exception. No, I mean, when I... When I um tried to learn guitar i mean i would play songs from bands i like so i try to play fun or i still know like a fun song on the guitar or fallout boy i know some of their songs just like the main chords on a guitar and so i get the same way and i was actually going to say while you were talking about web comics it's like i can go back to something like xkcd and just hit random and be entertained because there's so many that you can just like kind of forget about them or even just find new ones every single time if you just go randomly through them yeah, XKCD is definitely one of the best, especially when something goes viral. Uh, I can't count how many internet uh, arguments I've seen his First Amendment uh, comic come up in. Mm-hmm. Or like, the, the someone is wrong on the internet. It's like there's an XKCD for everything. <laughs> there's an XKCD for everything. There's a, I think there's a Reddit account um, that's you uh, slash relevant XKCD, and he always just comes in and uh, posts that. Mm, Reddit. That's If anyone follows me on Twitter, that's been something I've been uh, in the past few days. <clears throat> Follow me on Twitter, and you'll find out, because we don't want to touch that on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to touch. We only want to force touch. No. Um, uh, have you tried the new trackpad? I needed to. I was gonna. Uh, I was gonna run by the Apple Store in Arizona. Arizona. <laughs> okay. I on. almost. I almost. I was in between saying AZ and Arizona. Um, and I just didn't get around to going to the Apple Store. So, but I've. I mean, from what I've heard, it's pretty freaky because it doesn't physically move, which is just. It's like an app. It's like a normal touchscreen. Or it moves slightly. I don't know. It, it moves slightly. I tried it. Um, at home when I went. Uh, it. Uh, first of all, what was cool is I thought going in that I would be the only Apple nerd who wanted to try out this new trackpad that was coming out and this new computer that's coming out in a few weeks. But no, there was a line for like the three 13-inch uh, Retina MacBook Pros uh, to oh like gosh. play with the Force Touch trackpad. It was awesome. There's I've never felt more it. validated as an Apple nerd. Uh, but uh, so it feels like you're actually pushing really deep into the trackpad when you use the Force Touch. Um mm -hmm. And it's it. I have not felt this way about an Apple product in a while, and this is just a like little itty bitty trackpad. It's magical. Like not since I tried an iPad for the first time, and I know there's like the stereotype Steve Jobs. Oh, it's so magical. You have the internet in your uh, in your hand. It's actually like magical. I've never felt this kind of awe about a tech product in a while, and I'm hoping that changes when I uh, try the watch for the first time. Yeah, and um, I was like comparing like because the keynote they're like saying how like. 
anyone with the normal glass trackpad knows, like if you try to click near the top, it's like very hard, especially on an 11 inch air, which I'm trying right now. Mm. I can't even like click unless so I, I like tap. I tap to click on that. So like having being able to like tap to click, but force the whole trackpad, like that's going to be awesome because even though trackpads have become one flat surface, since they're still leveled, it's still like they're the old trackpads where it's like the tracking thing and then the button. And so this is kind of actually a real one surface trackpad. Yeah, it's of... um, it, it's really cool. I'm really excited to see this like spread out into other Apple uh, product lines. I they they better bring Force Touch to the uh, iPhones, right? Yeah, I I think they will next year for what next year if they can fit the vibrate motor in there. But it'd be like mm. having your iPhone in a Rumble Pack. <laughs> Good old oh, days God. where you had to stick a Rumble Pack in your Nintendo controller or the Nintendo DS had one at one point that had like four games that worked with it really i don't remember that it was it was like the metroid prime um ds game it came with the rumble pack came with that one and then it was compatible with like oh wait no it came with metroid prime pinball yes oh god. and so it was it was with metroid prime pinball but then the metroid prime hunters app uh, app oh my gosh game oh. used it and then like a few i think like a few other games that i can't really remember just like games on the ds that used it but yeah, they had a rumble pack for the three for the normal DS. Okay, we are what, almost twenty minutes into uh, this episode, and we've gone on almost entirely tangents. I swear, this is the last one. But I have one more I want to share with you, and give me ten seconds while I run across the room, take off my headphones, and grab it. You ready? Okay. It's gonna be so cool. That's the best thing about our podcast. We just start talking, and we we come up with things to talk about. Brian so this is something me. that I uh, brought from home. Uh, mm -hmm. It's something that I'm really proud of that I still have, still works, and still is really awesome. Are you ready for this? Game Boy. Yes. Mm -hmm. Is it the original or color? It is a color. And Pokemon Yellow. Uh, wow. I was expecting a Pokemon game, but not Pokemon Yellow. Good job. No, I have that. the I have the same game, and I I, I didn't bring it because I didn't know we were having an occasion. But that's the exact same <laughs> thing I have. I have a Game Boy Color working with Yellow. It's so cool. Pikachu's surfing right now. Oh, mm -hmm. oh man, uh, nostalgia. That's that's what a podcast is really. It's nostalgia and Apple Watch. <laughs> yeah, nostalgia and Apple Watch. Which I just want to do my little plug and say I was right. Those stupid predictions of a two thousand dollars steel Apple Watch were wrong. I win. Um, uh, you win. Song. Yes, uh, I will Venmo you my uh, five cent bet that we made at some point. Or I'll invite you to Square Cash, and we'll just get five dollars each. Okay, I love Square Cash so much. Nobody else I knew uses it until you. You're the first person that has uh, ever mentioned it to me. So I really need to, like, everyone's like, Venmo, do Venmo, do Venmo. I'm like, oh, fine, I'll do Venmo. And I hate uh, that. It's like a social I, network. I deleted it because of their recent privacy hack thing. But Oh, God. Uh, yeah, they had, a, they had a leak or something. But, yeah, Square Cash. <laughs> Speaking of Square Cash, over the weekend, I invited three people to it and got 15 bucks. Ooh, that's amazing. I invited my friend and my his girlfriend were over, and we were watching a movie, and then this other friend was over, and I just invited them all, and I got five bucks each, which was <laughs> which was funny and nice. That's amazing. I've never been able to make that work with like getting people to sign up for something to get free perks uh, with Lyft. I signed Ooh. up to get free uh, three free rides, and uh, my girlfriend did as well to get to and from places in Boston uh, with me. So what happened was we both realized a few days in, like, wait, we should have referred each other so we'd get an extra free ride each. 
that's that's exactly what my parents did when they were um they so my okay so my parents were in dc a few weeks ago because my dad had never gone he's kind of a political buff buff but so i had invited my dad like way back in june when we were in california and he never we never used it and so then he used my invite for 20 for a free ride and then he invited my mom and then she got a free ride and so they didn't have to pay i think they had to pay like seven bucks the whole time that they were there they only used it twice, but they just they just invited each other, and then I have my twenty bucks that I can use now because my dad used mine. It's kind That's of amazing. Do they have Uber where you are? They up up in Provo. There's like like if I get an Uber, there's like one like ten minutes away. It's so many people here either own their own cars or just use public transit that down here, just it's not that big of a thing because it's all college kids or older people. There's like no in between people to be the Uber drivers. So it's kind of interesting like that. But up in Salt Lake, there's a lot of Ubers and Lyfts. Mm. And then down back in Phoenix, where I live in, in the south va- south of the valley, um, there's actually... I was actually surprised because I don't think of my hometown as like a big tech thing. And then suddenly I'm like, oh, I want to try Uber. And there's like six Ubers around me. I'm like, okay. Because <laughs> I live in, the, in... My hometown is like the suburbs where everything's a square mile. And it's... <laughs> I never realized it until I actually live in a city city, but it's just everything is so spread out that it's just not really like a bustling city. But Yeah, it's bad. Like the way that you think that something is like suburbian and then you actually are there and you're dealing with those consequences. Uh, when I go home, the only um, the only thing that's open past like 9 p.m. for me and my friends to go to is Applebee's. So I've eaten way more Applebee's than I'm really proud to admit. <laughs> We There's have like, gone on like five extra tangents than uh, we promised. I, hey, I think it works. Yeah, I think <laughs> it works. We somehow start randomly talking about something. I don't even – we just like jumped into it in the show and hey, I, I think it works. Yeah, I think it works. Do you actually want to talk about something on our topic list or uh, just keep tangenting? I think we have room for one of the topics in this episode. Which one? Um, my vote is CGP Grey because that just happened today. Uh, yesterday yeah. for people uh, listening in their podcatcher of choice. Mine is overcast. Um, but so today, CGP Grey, um, wonderful YouTuber, educational uh, video creator, extraordinaire, just all around awesome guy, uh, host of Hello Internet with uh, Brady Heron as well. Plug for that show. Uh, we, um, uh, we, I don't know why we? I said that. <laughs> he's, re- he's related to me, don't you know? <laughs> oh my God. Why didn't I make that connection before? I, why have because I not made his fun name of is you spelled wrong. CGP Grey? His oh, name is oh. spelled wrong. That's what it is. Fun fact, every time I like text you or mention you or CGP Grey or mention him that uh, I have to double triple check uh who like what spelling of Grey you guys use. <laughs> he's my long lost cousin that just disbanded my family. Mm. So and... he's like I'm going to spell it differently. <laughs> anyway, he announced today that um in addition to his presence on YouTube, he is adding an iTunes channel of sorts and an RSS feed for all of his videos. Now, I'm not entirely sure about the technical details of this. I know iTunes does video podcasts and uh, RSS feeds uh, can be fed into podcast apps and support video sometimes. I'm not entirely sure how that's going to work. I could kind of go into that a little bit because one thing about YouTube, like you, you have your favorite YouTubers on YouTube, but like, say, say like something like, I don't know if you've heard of Rhett and Link and Good Mythical Morning or even say Freddie Wong, he's another YouTuber guy. They have their podcast sometimes that they host on YouTube. And I know a lot of people, including me and some of my friends have like wanted to say, 
I want to have this just like in a podcatcher so I can, because YouTube famously on your iPhone won't continue playing audio if you lock the screen. And so you have to have it active. You have to have it, have to have it on. And some people want to ha- be able to have it in your podcatcher of choice so you could like listen to just the audio or download it and watch it offline or something. And YouTube doesn't allow that. Mm-hmm. But if he self-hosts his videos and uploads them to YouTube and the RSS feed, which it, it is separately hosted because YouTube won't serve videos via RSS, I believe, because it, it's all um, it's all, their it's own all fenced CMS. off. Yeah, it's all fenced off into their stuff. And so doing this kind of like allows for more people to listen to it in more places. Right, right. Um, in addition to that, the um, like there's all these technical details, which I think is awesome. I might download uh, Pocket Cast again just so I can do these video shows. But for, you know, once a month, some of these videos, I don't know if that's worth it. Either way, um, the big hook to this, uh, CGP Cray has been very um, vocal about his disdain for YouTube. Um, it. It's weird because, on the one hand, it is what is giving him all this revenue for these videos. On the other hand, uh, he's talked a lot about, you know, there's all these really shady business practices involved with hosting these videos, uh, putting ads where they're not supposed to be, not showing you the right, uh, like, videos in order. Like, there's no way to say, hey, this is part one of three but if you go into uh, – if you click on part one and you're watching it, in the sidebar is going to be like part three, part seven, and part nine randomly in some random order. And a funny cat video. And a funny cat video, of course. And then like Rebecca Black's Friday or whatever the equivalent is now. I just <laughs> found out that song's four years old. Gangnam Style's like crossing three now. Oh, God. I'm so old. Anyway, um – Yes, CGP Grey. So the big kicker there is that he's moving away from YouTube. It's not his only source of you know video hosting anymore. But the thing is, he's supplementing that. He's always supplemented with Patreon and Subbable, I believe. Yeah, Subbable would mm-hmm. be the one. Who uh, also just merged with Patreon today. And I don't know if it's a coincidence, but probably not since they're all friends. Yeah, Subbable was a thing started by um, notable YouTuber Hank and... Um... John Green, who run the Vlogbrothers and SciShow and stuff, and they saw it as a way for you to be able to, I can't remember the specifics, but I think it was just like Patreon 2 where you could kind of contribute to them and maybe sometimes get bonus stuff for contributing, um, for paying money for the creator. Right. So you could kind of have a side income, and I think YouTube is very much against that too. So if you're like getting money from YouTube, they don't want you doing side sponsorships, so it's a weird little kerfuffle. <laughs> Yeah, it's a very much a kerfuffle, and uh, it's interesting that in some videos, CGP Grey does some like uh, behind-the-scenes videos where he talks about uh, the process going into these videos and recording them, writing them, and you know selling them. So he's mentioned that in the uh, wake of Patreon, he's turned off some of the ads, like flashy, flashy ads in the bottom of YouTube videos. Uh, there's no helping like the Google Express ads that play 30 seconds before the video, but uh, according to CGP Grey in some of these videos, I'll find one for the show notes. Um, which are at brianhamilton.info slash garrulous slash zero six. Six? Seven. Seven. Oh, God. We're seven. Um, so I'll find one for the show notes. He talks about how, uh, thanks to Patreon, he's been able to remove some of the pop-up ads at the bottom. But I don't... I didn't know YouTubers had that kind of authority over those videos. My understanding of it was they always just upload them to YouTube and let uh, the Google machine run its course and figure out where the money's coming from, what videos this is going on, and uh, what the audience is for these products they're advertising. So from my understanding, I think I think off the top of my head, I believe there is three kinds of video um, 
and video ads kind of thing you can monetize your videos with. So one of them is like any average Joe, like me or you, could upload videos to YouTube and just click the monetize button. And as long as it has no um, copyrighted material, it's all original content, yada, yada, yada. Then it'll put just those banner ads at the bottom where they're like the, you see the little yellow thing on the time bar and then it pops up and it says some local ad or some something based off of keyword. And then from there, there's, um, sorry, one second. Yeah, totally. Okay, and from there, there's like YouTube partners where Google helps them like find certain ads or ad campaigns and then they put the Google ads in front and then they split their stuff with YouTube and they get a certain portion of the money. And so like a lot of them are like that. And then I think the third one, I, I, I can't remember if this has changed recently too with YouTube partner rules, if they can do one or the other. But like you can say that your video has paid product placement where like it's not done through YouTube, but like say say you have like an audible ad at the end or some company's paying you to kind of show off their BMW like I think the slow-mo bros did recently. They showed off a BMW in the like in slow-mo with rain and stuff, but it could it was obviously sponsored by them or something like that. And so I think that's the third kind that they allow. But I think there's like a whole bunch of rules about which can overlap and which can't. But it's kind of it's kind of different. Yeah, the way that um, first of all, I think we should put in the disclaimer: uh, this isn't something that either of us have experience with. Uh, we're not making any money off of this. We're not making any money off of anything on YouTube. Uh, but from an outsider's perspective, I think it's interesting that there's all these different things uh, for advertising on YouTube because there's. I remember a big kerfuffle in the gaming community before mm, GamerGate and. Um, there was a thing where these YouTubers were getting products sent to them for free by companies without disclosing that. Uh, I always think it's weird whenever I watch a video and they say, hey, so, um, or at least my girlfriend's watching a video I'm watching over her shoulder, and they're like, hey, so Maybelline is uh, sending me this product to uh, test for you guys. Um, I just want to say uh, thank you to them, and then they proceed to give a amazing uh, review. And it's always seemed weird to me that they would do that, like that they would have to preface it like that. But then the more I think about it, the shadier it feels if they don't say that. So I remember like people were getting sent keyboards for review uh, by companies for free. Um, that, that, they always talk about that. And then there's always uh, points in podcasts where people say, oh, um, uh, they'll talk about backing up something and then they'll mention Backblaze. Oh, by the way, guys, former sponsor of the show, uh, because uh, they have to disclose that. Uh, I don't know. I'm not as like gung-ho about like – um, like ethical advertising as uh, most people are like if John Syracuse mentioned Backblaze without saying it was a prior sponsor to the show I would not mind CGP Grey po- posted the video today saying there's probably going to be ads of the next few videos actually there will be ads in the next few videos I don't mind I think it's great that they're finding their own revenue stream and I think it's great that you know they're trusting us enough to be uh, transparent about it because there's something there's something to um who was it? I forget who it was that said like there was something a little bit sleazy about um, putting ads in something that you pay for. Uh, it was probably someone like uh, Sean Blanc, Jason Snell, Matt Gemmel, one of the people writers that um, that does subscription service or not subscription, but they like, have memberships or something or other, while also having ads show up in RSS feeds. And it's like 
I don't mind it uh, if that's how they want to make money. That's how they're going to make money. And in the video today, like, so as a college student, I really want to be able to, you know, I want a tip jar. I don't want like a commitment like Patreon, but I want a tip jar where I can say, hey, CGP, Gray, great video. Here's five bucks. Great job. Um, he calls it internet coffee. And he's like, in the video today, he mentioned this is not for students because you guys are all broke. These will always be free for you guys. And anyone that wants to or can can send us money. I don't understand. Like, I think it's great that, you know, people are willing to do that. I've done that before. I've subscribed to uh, Sean Blanc's uh, uh, like membership thing for almost a year at this point. And it's, it's something I really like enjoy, you know, I enjoy giving money to these people to help them supplement their advertising, but it, that was, always, <laughs> no, no, that was not you. Like you had it on point back to like the undisclosed of some reviews, like disclosure in journalism has always been a weird thing with like, Oh, they sent us this for free or we, this guy never takes free things. It's just like, cause some people always think, or like if you send a product oh i have to write good about it or something and so sometimes they won't give a positive review even though they got sent it for free or there's some people like mkbhd who famously has never he's never taken like a paid sponsorship at all he buys all of the phones he reviews he buys all the tech he reviews and then he gives an honest review based on that and he's apparently like turned down a few things like uh, like aside from things like where bmw has him tech check out the car or tesla has him check out a car he like buys all his own electronics and tries them and so that kind of also contributes to his kind of openness about everything but it's also just kind of weird with sponsorships because sometimes you know you may know kind of if oh this person might be a little bit dishonest they couldn't have used this for this long if they just got the sponsor or some other like it's it's always like a fine line to walk when like sponsors on websites and whether or not the testimonial is truthful and it's it's kind of weird. It's it is then, weird. Yeah, and then just another kind of side thing, just as to paying like people for their content. I was I was I wanted to kind of say this. It's just like I always that I always wish for that same thing, you know, where there was a tip jar that I could just obligated just kind of throw it in, not like not like subscribe, not like say oh if I subscribe give me less ads because then it kind of counterproductive against the ads providers and they're like hey these people are hiding our ads because they're paying you directly. But I've always wished like, wished, like, I could just even, like, send them square cash for a day. Like, I really like that. Like, <laughs> not to, like, make it a charity case and say, oh, I sent you money. Do a show about what I like. Mm. But just, like, where I can I can contribute if I like it. And, I mean, Patreon and Subble and stuff like that did that. And But then again, it's just kind of hard because you don't want to always – some people may not always subscribe. People like us in college may not be always be able to pay, but we wish we could. Or they're like suddenly open payments and then they may not get any. And so it's always weird just with all this freemium content where like, oh, I could listen for free or I could tip them and get a few bonus things, but I can still listen for free. It's not like I'm not getting it. So it is interesting for CGC, CGP Grey to move from like YouTube's model to mainly Patreon. And I think it's going to be huge. And I mean, there's already probably a few other YouTubers thinking of that because they don't want to deal with a big conglomerate. They kind of want to just do direct business with their customer they don't want to rely on a big overhead um to get their money and stuff and so not to get their money that sounds kind of selfish but just to like <laughs> just to like rely for the the income they make from it and just they can deal directly with fans that appreciate them rather than with maybe a advertiser maybe they don't really like or random ads that they don't even have control over so it's 
it's kind of a weird, interesting thing that comes with like free stuff because not everyone's going to pay. Right. Uh, on CGP Grey's Reddit, uh, he talked about the fact that these RSS feeds and iTunes feed, they take away from YouTube sponsorships. So he's therefore encouraging people to, um, to words, words, words. He's encouraging people to uh, subscribe to Patreon uh, because if you use that, then you're not using the YouTube model and you're not giving into those advertising. I feel like if I ever subscribe to the um, iTunes feed, which I probably won't ever because I can't stand the podcast app, I um, I would still go on YouTube and watch the video there, or at least leave it playing so that, you know, he can get that revenue because I probably, honestly, I probably won't be able to afford Patreon for all the people that I want to give Patreon uh, money to. Um, fun fact, there was something... Uh, on CGP Grey's Patreon page, uh, for a dollar you get ad block absolution because um, uh, you know yeah you're stealing money if you're using ad block for certain things. So I've turned it off uh, for most sites. Uh, but if you pay CGP Grey a dollar, feel free to uh, <laughs> to yeah, ad block like ad, uh, YouTube videos. Ad block guilt free. So yeah, and I have that same kind of thing. Just like I wish, like sometimes I'll like oh I'm gonna subscribe to this and I'm gonna be all good, and then I realize I'm like oh I probably. I need to look at my money a little bit, just a little bit more, because I, I love these people, but it's just like it'd be too expensive to support all of the ones I watch. But it's, it, I mean, it, it's just like a, it's a weird, it's a weird thing. But it's just like I want to support all of them, but I can't. But I do use AdBlock and sometimes, and it's just, it's it's so weird. But it's it's awesome of him to move to Patreon. So people that do want to give him money, like a buck a month, if you were an invested listener or watcher, then you can <laughs> give him that dollar. So the crappy thing is every time I look at a subscription service, I compare it to RDO just because, <laughs> you know, that's something every time I spend money, I compare it to RDO or Netflix. Like I go out to dinner, I buy a burrito like, wait, this is a month's worth of House of Cards. <laughs> oh, crap. And the thing is, those people are able to profit off of five dollar subscription services. I pay five bucks a month for RDO, uh, seven bucks for Netflix, uh, eight bucks for Hulu, stuff like that. And those people are able to sustain that because there's such a wide audience for that. They're able to charge so low because so many people are going to come in and give them money. So it's almost like how Apple is able to give away iOS and OS 10 for free if you have an Apple product because that's not what their business is. Their business is to get you to buy the a computer. Way. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's um, it's not, you know... They're not in the business of like trying to get all the money from you. I'm sorry if you can hear my roommates in the background. <laughs> okay. um, uh, they're, they're not in the business of trying to get all your money from you. They're in the business of getting their word out as much as possible. When I saw that uh, Netflix was going to make House of Cards and it was like one of the highest production valued things I'd ever seen. And like, wait a minute, the silly little app on my phone where I can watch uh, Adventure Time, they're funding <laughs> Kevin Spacey and Robin Wright being, like, complete badasses in Washington? Wow. Yeah. I, I, I would not have thought that. And I thought, wait a minute, everyone I know is paying for Netflix. It's not how much it is. It's the um, it's how uh, how many people are doing it. Yeah, and so they're, basically something... like, they're basically, like, paying for a new movie or a new few TV show episodes every month. Like, an episode on iTunes is, like, 2 or $3, and... Or like a movie is usually nine ninety nine or nineteen ninety nine. So two or three months, you have a whole movie, and so it's just it's kind of like a perpetual income. Yeah. So Sean Blanc, Matt Gemmel, uh, Daring Fireball, back when he did subscription services. No offense, to you guys, I love you guys, but you are not Netflix. As much as yeah. I want to give you five bucks a month for this, like um, the way that to make the same amount of money as Netflix, 
well, not the same amount of money as Netflix, but something sustainable, you would need a certain amount of uh, patronage and a certain amount of uh, people willing to give you money in addition to the ad revenue. So it's such a fine line to walk, especially when there's these massive companies that will give you content for five bucks a month um, for, you know, for such great content. For audio, I've stopped buying CDs. I don't, like, mm-hmm. I can discover new music without fear of spending money and what's upsetting is that like not many people can do that not many people can give away that much content for five bucks a month so i look at sean blanc i love Mm -hmm. his website sorry i'm picking you on you sean you're not going to listen to this but (laughs) it's like um i look at your content and for the same amount of money i can get unlimited streaming from like literally every artist i can ever possibly think of except for like taylor swift Mm -hmm. 1989 and Mm -hmm. Like you need to make those kinds of value calls, especially when you're in college like us and you can only afford to spend so much money and most of it goes to food and booze anyway. So (laughs) it's such a weird thing, especially on the Internet. Everyone wants to make a living. Everyone wants to be able to make their own uh, make things that are valuable for people that care and make money doing it. And uh, we're still in very young days of doing that. Yeah. And it's it's definitely very hard because, I mean, even like Hulu, they they have the same subscription model as Netflix. And as we discussed a few episodes back for a long time. We like they still have ads in between the stuff to kind of to help to help sponsor and help keep it funded. And then you compare it to, say, a journalist, you want a tip or something. And it's just it's hard to keep that same subscription when you can get I mean, it's a different medium, but it's just like you think of the value of it. And it's just it's a totally different ballpark on exactly media. So, yeah, it's it's always like hard to do that or even for like if someone ever sponsored whatever we do on the Internet if like or your <laughs> website or blog or t- this podcast it, it'd be like trying to gauge that value and it's just it's it's so different this podcast brought to you by 1990s nintendo yes go buy a game boy <laughs> go buy it from gamestop where they don't have them anymore oh god uh i i went to gamestop for the first time in months the other day to buy tomb raider like i my brother and i just go shopping every so often and look at the old uh ps3 games like going actually going back to xkcd there's that one comic it's like i play uh video games on a five-year lag like that's what me and my brother actually do mm-hmm. we're just playing through bioshock together we just got tomb raider for like 15 bucks the other day it was awesome but yeah i just went in there for the first time and it's like oh it's so depressing <laughs> yeah it's so there's so many weird things about GameStop now it's just like either there's used games that are still the same price or of the new ones or just they don't buy your games for good or it's for good for good prices and yeah GameStop I mean that's why I'm glad with the 3DS you can just download your games now used games that's a topic we should probably add that um we do we have time we don't have time to talk about that this episode we should do that next time yeah (laughs) let's do that next time meerkat and used games next time around okay Mm. thanks for doing this man i'm so glad yeah, that no. uh that we're podcast buddies no it's fun it's, it's awesome <laughs> it's, it's awesome to have someone where we, we're just gonna cut randomly through the end of that conversation mm-hmm. meerkat and video games next time the end you want to button <laughs> you know, this up me, yeah I'll st- wait are we still recording is this you want to button show? this up yeah sure i love button you merlin man Lo- love you brian i think dan benjamin <laughs> do you listen to back to work i do sometimes Oh god, that that is one of my shows. Mm, another topic: uh, the shows that you listen to as soon as they come out. I'm making notes. Mm. Okay, uh, should I stop recording? Podcasts. Okay, I'm gonna stop recording now. Used games. Stop. Meerkat. Okay, those are our topics for next week. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, no one's listening.